This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday November 24th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Monty Hall of BYU TV Sports, Jason Shepard. Let's make a deal. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a lot of people going, who's Monty Hall? Look, there's, uh, you probably have to be a little bit older to know who Monty Hall is, but I think we all know Let's Make a Deal, right? Mm-hmm. The, the game show? Oh, yeah. With, uh, with our guy Wayne Brady, who you see on BYU TV. BYU TV Zone. Yes, BYU TV Zone joined a, uh, a, a Zoom a staff meeting with us one time. But, uh, yeah, so you, you know the show, but the original host of Let's Make a Deal was Monty Hall. Kind of started all of this. And it, it sounds, at least according to uh, reports and speculation last night on social media, it was a buzz uh, that there was some uh, maybe some uh, wheeling and dealing going on and maybe BYU trying to get a game Saturday. Who knows? Yeah, Let's Make a Deal for Saturday, specifically with Washington. Good grief, a whole, a whole bunch more to unpack there. We could spend two hours, honestly, talking about everything that has been reported. But first, your Tuesday show lineup. Will BYU football make a deal to play a game this Saturday? If so, against two. And how about on December 5th? We will do our best to sort out the social media melee of speculation from last night. Ralph Russo, college football writer for the Associated Press, will join us live. Where does he expect BYU to show up in tonight's debut of the 2020 college football playoff poll? Plus, former BYU quarterback Jake Heaps gives us the Washington perspective on the almost game with BYU. Top 5 Tuesday and Taysom Hill compared to duct tape. Yeah, that happened. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Who doesn't like duct tape? Good for anything. Reports surfaced last night that BYU made a counteroffer to Washington regarding the possibility of playing football this weekend. According to those reports, the offer was declined. And there were also reports out of San Diego that BYU and San Diego State have had discussions about moving their game on December 12th up to this Saturday. We'll have more on both of those reports coming up. The college football playoff rankings, as mentioned just a moment ago, will be released tonight, specifically at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on ESPN. Those rankings will be released every Tuesday from now until the very final college football playoff poll is released on December 20th. This year, the initial release, you may have noticed, a little bit later than usual because of the delayed starts for most of the Power 5 conferences. BYU, the only team in the AP Top 25 to have played nine games and won nine games and sit at number eight. But the rankings that come out tonight obviously matter the most. Where are they going to end up? We, uh, we are all very curious to find out, aren't we? The BYU offensive line was named to the Joe Moore Award midseason honor roll on Monday. The Cougars, one of 22 teams being considered for the award, which recognizes the nation's most outstanding offensive line. Also, staying with the offensive line, Brady Christensen was named to the Pro Football Focus National Team of the Week, earning the honor as the nation's best left tackle last week. Some basketball news, and not exactly great news. Saturday's BYU-Utah Valley basketball game might be in question 
Matt Norlander from CBS Sports reporting Utah Valley is on COVID halt. And their game tomorrow against Stanford, Mark Madsen's alma mater, is off. That's a bummer. No official word yet on if the BYU-Utah Valley game scheduled for Saturday is off or on. I mean, it's happening until it's not, right? So we're going to push forward with that, but we'll let you more uh, know more as this story develops. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. College football 2020, we know drama, specifically BYU. Jason, who knew a headband could create this type of polarizing response that we are seeing from BYU and Washington as it relates to a largely speculated matchup between the Cougars and Huskies this Saturday. Let's sort out this massive finger pointing and conjecture with as much logic as possible. Emphasis on logic and what we actually know. Okay, from a timetable perspective, around 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Mountain yesterday, Jason, we start to see Big eyes emojis show up from several BYU football players, led up by Neil Pau, which set off a blaze on social media for BYU fans. What's happening? Is BYU scheduling something? Is there big news? One little emoji, and then all of this starts. Shortly thereafter, these reports start to show up from San Diego and from different Las Vegas reporters for crying out loud that, Oh, BYU-San Diego State might be a go for this Saturday because San Diego State had a COVID issue with the Mountain West Conference scheduling, and this would do a favor for San Diego State, and it would open up BYU on December 12th, so maybe BYU's playing San Diego State on November 28th. Then Washington jumps back into the picture, and reports come out last night that BYU counterpunched or counteroffered Washington, after all of the news about BYU not wanting to smoke and didn't want to go to Seattle, and yeah, what about anywhere, anytime, any place? Okay, we're smart enough to know that with context clues, my friend, that something happened. When the big eyes emojis come out, obviously the BYU players were told something. And again, I'm going to do my best Sherlock Holmes here, but I'm guessing that they were told, hey, there's a good chance that the game with Washington is on on Saturday. That's exciting, okay? Thus, the emojis come out. Then it's backed up by reports. Okay, This didn't just happen. Like Things are leaked out to the media. And then the, the real fun begins, Jason. As Washington fans say, oh, BYU's fabricating all of this. Okay, the, the eyes emojis tell me that it's not fabricated. Something happened. We don't know what it was specifically, but it feels like a game with Washington at some point was on, and then it was called off Jason my question is is there going to be a game on Saturday what do you make of all of this look I would say right now there would probably not be a game on Saturday and I think it's even less likely that it's Washington because now we're starting to see reports coming out that the more likely game for Washington this week is Utah that it's more likely Utah plays Washington than Arizona State. So right now, everybody's kind of looking at the Sun Devils to see what, how that plays out then for the University of Utah because if, there is, if that matchup is not possible, Utah is probably going to host Washington, which is why BYU wanted the guarantee to begin with that if the game was canceled, that they, you know, they, want, they wanted the game. So right now, I, I would say for BYU and Saturday, it certainly looks like 
it's not going to be. Now, as we've seen in 2020, these things can change on a dime. It can literally change within seconds. But I, I, I think in, in order to give both teams a chance, and I'm not even just talking about Washington. I'm talking about whoever BYU would play on Saturday. In order to give both teams a, a, a fair amount of time to prepare, I, I, I think time is running out, especially when you consider Thursday is Thanksgiving. Look, and, and I would think, and this is just my opinion. This is not inside information. This is 100% my opinion. I would think today is kind of the drop-dead date. I would think you need to know if there's a game or not by today because you have people who have already made plans to go home for Thanksgiving. Now, if, they, if they're going to play, they're certainly going to be happy to cancel those plans and get ready for a game. But I, again, my own opinion, I think if, if you don't have something by today, I, I think then at that point, it's just, you're just not going to have enough time to get ready, especially when you throw in the fact that, that Thanksgiving is Thursday. Honestly, I think it's too late. Because and it may, and it may I, be already. I think, I think it's too late. I think yesterday was the drop-dead day for BYU or Washington or San Diego State to decipher and ultimately decide to pull the trigger and play the game. I, I think it's too late. There's too many things moving around this weird holiday week. And mind you, some BYU players already had traveled home after the game <laughs> against North Alabama on Saturday. But it doesn't take a genius to figure out that because the players were called back together and – there was a reason for that. Practice was back on yes. all of a sudden that, huh, I wonder if a game was going to happen if those things were coming to fruition. Yeah, so clearly something happened. And for whatever reason, and we don't know the specific reason, the game was on and then it was off. And I know that Ben Criddle, former BYU cornerback and radio personality in Provo, had tweeted that BYU made an offer, Washington accepted, but for some reason, that game is now called off. The Pac-12 could have had a say in this, Jason. There's so many. Yeah, we just don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. But what we do know is it certainly feels like there was a game and then there wasn't a game. Yeah. And there's probably not going to be a game on Sunday. I would say it's unlikely at this point. But, again, we shall see. Look, well, we will all be tuned into tonight's ESPN broadcast when the college football playoff rankings are announced. That's certainly going to be must-see TV for BYU fans and a lot of other fan bases, obviously. But since we're BYU TV, that's really all we care about right now. Uh, with this being the first rankings of the season, so many things depend on where BYU lands right out of the gate. This is the very first one. So this is, this is the barometer. This is how they view BYU. Does BYU need to schedule another game? Do they stand pat? If they schedule a game, how impressive does the opponent need to be? Hmm. All of these questions become clearer once we know where the Cougars are ranked. So what's the safe spot for BYU in the college football playoff rankings, and where would BYU have to be for you to want them to schedule another game? What's that kind of sweet spot? The safe spot for BYU is somewhere between 8 and 10. If BYU shows up anywhere inside the top 10, then they're in a great position, Jason, to make a New Year's Six bowl game. Even after the Washington hullabaloo and finger-pointing just melee, it's, it's madness. It's been a huge dumpster fire. Right. And most of the negative energy has come because Zach Wilson was wearing a headband and all of a sudden he became the spokesperson for BYU. What if BYU shows up in the top 10 in spite of all that, then I think they are golden, Jason. The safe spot is between 8 and 10. 8 and 9, man, you're playing with yep. serious house money. If you show up at 10, I feel safe. Now, if the Cougars are 11 or 12, 
then you really not need to start thinking about scheduling another quality game. And that open date potentially against Cincinnati on December 5th becomes awfully juicy. Where does Cincinnati fall tonight? Are they at 7 or 8? I imagine they will be. They just beat UCF, had their most important win of the season. But that open December 5th date could be a real opportunity for both of those teams if Cincinnati wants to make a legitimate college football playoff push and if BYU wants to solidify their New Year's Six status. That's, that's the game. But do the sides want it? There's a lot to weigh there for sure. The College Football Playoff Committee spent eight hours yesterday, and you have to wonder, as they debated, how much the scenario with Washington and anytime, any place, any team factors into how they're going to rank BYU because there will be a human element. Three more hours today they will meet before they release the poll ultimately at 7 Eastern. Yeah, the, most of those decisions have already been made. It's just going to be releasing the final standings that they came up with mostly yesterday and then a, with a couple of hours of deliberation today. Most BYU is pretty much locked in wherever they're going to be locked in. I don't think that there's any jostling that you can do much more today, and we'll find out at you know 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. I'm with you. I, I think if BYU is 10 and under, they're in great shape. If they fall to 11 and 12, or heaven forbid, lower than 11 or 12, then, then the Cougars have some work to do. And it, my, my thinking is this, and I, I realize that each of these polls have their own individual metrics and you have different people that are making the, making the decisions. So I understand there's going to be variations, but I, I find it hard to believe there's going to be a, a significant difference in the college football rankings than what BYU is in both the AP and the coaches poll. BYU firmly for now a couple of weeks has been at number eight in both the AP and the coaches poll. I find it hard to believe that there's going to be some drastic change with the college football playoff. Now, maybe a spot or two they fall, maybe. But I, I think as long as they're eight, nine, 10 or higher, they're in great shape. And the other question is, we're talking about, does BYU need to schedule if they're 11 or 12, another game? What if BYU comes in higher than maybe most expect? What if they come in at seven or number six? Now, what? it's probably not likely, mm -hmm. but if you're that high, then at that point, it's okay. Well, we're clearly in a good spot for New Year's Six, but we may have a better shot at the college football playoff than we thought. Then you're talking about the possibility of maybe scheduling a big-time opponent to try and make that really big leap. I know there's some real anxiety for BYU fans, and I'm talking to you, BYU Sports Nation. Tonight is not the night for you to worry about where BYU shows up. And here is why. BYU, thanks to losses by Wisconsin and Indiana on Saturday, should feel comfortable about being in the top 10. I don't see them dropping, certainly not below number 10, Jason. And even if BYU shows up at number 10, they would be displaced by probably Northwestern at number eight. And how much uh, validity does Ohio State and the win or the loss by Indiana against Ohio State give to the Hoosiers in invalidating their resume? Would, would, they, would they jump BYU after a loss? I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening, I don't. but I also wouldn't put past people either. I, feel, I, maybe, I don't maybe expect too much trust. Maybe I I'm don't expect too much it. trust in the college football playoff committee. But I feel 100% confident that BYU will be at least number 10, if not number 9 in the poll, probably hopped by Northwestern after an impressive win. This is not the day to worry, BYU fans. It's later down the line, and then seeing what happens in college football, 
then it's like, okay, maybe BYU needs to yeah, Because really th- these rankings change every week. Correct. This is not once you're – whatever you are today, you're locked in for the remainder. No, 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 no. These will fluctuate. I don't think this is the week to worry. Our question of the day, where do you feel BYU will be in tonight's college football playoff rankings? I just told you where I think the Cougars will land and why. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Patrick Neal on Instagram. I think that, honestly, BYU should stay even at eight. I think eight is the floor. Oh, wow. Because of the margin of victory with the way they've been... <laughs> uh, destroying teams, dreaming, they are a lock for a New Year's Six. Anything more than number eight is a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one, end of quote. <laughs> like, BYU, you, you could get jumped by Northwestern. They, they could come at number nine. Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, former Cougar quarterback Jay Keeps on BYU-Washington and his thoughts on Zach Wilson. And college football writer and insider Ralph Russo of the Associated Press. Where does he think BYU will show up in the college football playoff rankings tonight? And what does he think they need to do with their remaining opening dates? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU basketball with Mark Pope returns tonight at 8.30 Eastern with Mark Pope, guest Alex Barcelo, and your host Greg Rubel on the BYU TV app tonight, 8.30 Eastern. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is longtime college football writer and insider Ralph Russo of the Associated Press. Ralph, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. How are you this morning? I'm great, guys. Good to talk to you. We're trying to figure out what to do with everything that has happened between BYU and Washington over the last 48 hours because it has just been, in a word, a mess for really mostly BYU because of a headband that Zach Wilson wore that said, any time, any team, any place. And Washington says, hey, come up here, meet our Pac-12 parameters, play us. And then BYU says, well, we're not exactly sure about that. So, Ralph... What is your reaction to everything that's happening with the finger pointing on both sides of who doesn't want the smoke and who wants the game and whatnot? How, how are you handling all of this? Yeah, well, first of all, I guess, you know, I kind of reminded some folks that the quarterback and the person who runs social media at BYU, they don't make the schedule. <laughs> so those are two very different <laughs> departments there. Um, so it's cool to do all that with your quarterback and your social media, but there's a lot more that goes into scheduling a game. Uh, the best way I can describe it is I've covered college sports for a long time and everybody is sort of guarding their own self-interest. We sometimes think of this in, in the, in the realm of like a sports league where the NFL gets in there and says, okay, team a will do this and team B will do that. Cause that's for the best of the league. But in college sports, every school is its own kingdom. It's, it's, its own world. And the athletic departments are working the same way. So when BYU and Washington can't come to an agreement, that is simply BYU saying, here are my priorities. Here are the things that I need to have happen that are important to me. And Washington saying, here are the things that are important to me. And when we overlap those two things, there's not enough similarity to make it work. And that's sort of how college sports works in general. So I I don't think of, well, Washington's right. BYU's right. I just think that each school has different priorities and they couldn't come to agreement. And that's the way college sports works. 
Ralph, as the season has gone on, the discussion on whether or not BYU needs to schedule another game has become more and more intense. As of right now, BYU's next game is not till the 12th of December against San Diego State. And there have been some rumblings out of San Diego that maybe that game could be moved up. But right now it's on the 12th. So that's two weeks before that game. Where do you stand on BYU in terms of do they need to schedule another game to get more than the 10 that's currently scheduled? So I will, uh, we can all answer that better tonight, right? Because one of the next things you're going to ask me is about the rankings. And I, and I, you know, having done a little reporting, I think the idea that BYU wanted to see what these rankings look like before it goes about making a bunch of schedule additions. Again, those, that's a smart thing for BYU to do. That makes sense. That's a good priority because if BYU is sitting at eight, well, then you're thinking, man, we might be able to actually make the playoff here. So maybe I should get a game on the 5th, and hey, I can even see if I can find one on the 19th. If you're at 12 or 10, maybe you're thinking, you know, I could just ride this thing out, go undefeated, and get to the Fiesta Bowl, which is a pretty good deal. And I'm not really have much of a chance of getting to the playoff, so maybe I should just sit on a 16 right if i'm playing blackjack you know maybe like you know certain i'm just going to sit on this 16 i'm not going to push it if i'm outside of the top 12 or so now again i may have more urgency if i'm byu to say boy i I gotta add something to this resume so you know get me cincinnati on the line get me the pac 12 on the line and let me see if i can play something on the on the 19th with them so the urgency to add is completely tied to the ranking. Ralph Russo of the Associated Press, college football insider and expert with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Ralph, let's have you pinpoint where you think BYU will show up. For the record, I think BYU is going to come in at number nine, maybe get jumped by Northwestern after the Wildcats stayed undefeated and took care of Wisconsin. But I don't see BYU falling below nine, maybe ten tonight. What, What do you think? Okay, so um, I'm I'm sure some of your listeners and 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 watchers have uh, appreciated some of my reporting because it's it's generally been rather positive with BYU. I think Zach Wilson's been great, and I've appreciated where they are in the AP poll. I think BYU right now is eight. If you look at what the college football playoff committee has traditionally done, and it's hard to sort of pinpoint patterns because a there are different people on this committee every year and B it's only had it for six years. So it's not a sample size that is, you know, would be considered definitive. However, long with the way and lead up of me saying, I would be a little surprised if BYU is higher than 10. I'm thinking more along the lines of like 13, 14. Wow. Um, You know, again, that's because traditionally the first rankings no non-Power 5 team has ever been higher than 12 mm. in the first initial excuse me, college football ranking. Okay. Right? In the debut of the season. A couple of years ago was 12. So if you take that, take into account UCF was playing the AAC, pretty good conference. They had built up a certain amount of credibility. That was the year after they went undefeated. And then you take in, you know, what BYU's schedule has been. And listen, I'm down with BYU. They've been awesome. I'd love to see them get a chance to play a bigger, you know, a more marquee opponent. But if you look at that schedule and where it ranks, you know, I can't see them being any higher than 12. 
but you know, maybe knock them back to 13 or 14. That seems to be the spot that I'm thinking. Mm. Now, one more thing before you, again, I'm rambling a little bit. I do wonder if the committee takes a different approach this year because it's such a weird year. And I do wonder if they become a little more open-minded to the idea of, you know what, this team has been super dominant. Nobody's playing non-conference games. Let's give them a little boost. So I think that's where, you know, traditionally I would say probably 13-14. But considering this odd pandemic year, maybe that gives them a little boost because the committee is a little more open-minded to doing things differently than the way they've done them in the past. So, Ralph, and you prefaced your answer right there with talking about the fact that, you know, you don't really know what the college football playoff is, is, is really going to look at in terms of their measurables. Earlier in the show, I, I had mentioned to me that one of the reasons that I didn't expect it to be lower than 10 is I just can't imagine that, that their measurables and their, what, what they're going to use is going to be so dramatically different than what we've seen all season long with the AP and the coaches poll. Why, why do you think it would be so different from everything else we've seen? Everybody's been dealing with the same, I guess, uncertainties this entire season. So I, I guess why do you think it would be so dramatically different? Part of, part of that is because of the way it's lined up in the past, because the AP poll generally has treated these teams not drastically better, but I did some research and it's usually about two places better. Mm. Usually the AP. Now, now again, if it's only two places that leaves BYU at 10, just like you're saying, but traditionally, again, in the past, what you've noticed is it takes these teams and these teams just being non power five teams, they need a little while to build up some momentum and they haven't started very well. So I think a couple of things going on here. I think generally the, the coaches poll and the AP poll have just generally speaking, been more open-minded to giving non-power five teams, the benefit of the doubt and B what I've seen traditionally from the committee is again, they, they just, they need a little while to warm up to these teams. So that's where I think the disparity comes from. Again, I, I'm not saying I'm right here, but I'm just trying to sort of like, play in what we've seen in the past and how it will play out this year. And generally speaking, that's the way things have played out in the past where the committee is sort of like, eh, let's see, you know, we're very super reliant on strength of schedule, what kind of wins you have against other ranked teams. And, you know, again, it usually takes them a while to warm up to non-power five teams. Not saying that that's right, but that's what they've shown. Ralph, let's finish with this. If BYU finishes 10-0, they don't add another game, but they dominate San Diego State and maintain the consistent rhetoric of, well, they're just blowing teams out of the water. Do you feel like they deserve to be in a New Year's Six game? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I think it would be interesting to see them play playoff teams especially now again that seems like a very long shot but you know just you know me personally I like to see the newness of it all I I keep telling people that you know if we're just going to throw up another I don't know team that has no chance to beat Alabama why not throw in the team with the third best quarterback in the country and see how that works right um but but I do think that they are absolutely worthy of being in the top 12. And that's the number, I would say. If, if for BYU fans, if you're kind of wondering, like, how does all this selection work? Because it does sort of change from year to year. That, that 12 spot is sort of the money spot there. If you're in the top 12, there's a good chance you're going to get a New Year's Six bid. 
If you're not, you probably have some work to do. That's not a, you know, again, that's definitive. There's some caveats there, but that's probably a good place to be. And I absolutely think that I want to see BYU against a power five team or another really good team in one of the new year six games. Let's just settle the whole BYU versus the PAC 12 thing in the Fiesta Bowl, right? Whether they're playing Oregon or USC or Washington, that'd be a good way to settle it. Would it not? It would, but you know, heck, I would love to see them against a high-end SEC team. I mean, I, I really do. The way they're built with that quarterback and that offensive line, I would absolutely love to see them get the second or third best SEC, SEC team. How about Texas A&M, BYU, and the Fiesta Bowl? How's that sound? Man, that would be something. And uh, it goes without saying, all of BYU Sports Station would love to see what you just presented. Ralph, uh, you're a part of an outstanding podcast. Your writing is top-notch for the Associated Press. How can people get more involved with you and what you're doing as far as your college football projects go? Oh, appreciate that. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Ralph D. Russo AP. Uh, the college football podcast is the AP top 25 college football podcast. Super simple AP top 25 college football podcast. I host it and talk to a lot of my friends on there and uh, AP news, uh, AP news.org slash college football. You can sort of find my writing and everybody else that writes for the AP. Cause we do a good job of covering uh, college football in general, not just me. So that's the best places to find me. Check it out, Ralph Russo. Great to talk to you again, my friend, and uh, happy reporting. We'll be talking again soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Ralph Russo of the Associated Press. Generally, way too much logic for me to handle <laughs> in, in all of this uh, social media craze, right? First thing that came to your mind when he said 13 or 14. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> BYU might be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I. But to, to, to his credit. I understand his reasoning. Yes. Because of what has happened historically, but this year, and he said this too, is unlike any other in college football. BYU's won more games than any other college football team. And so he said generally it takes the committee time to warm up to these teams. Well, guess what? They didn't have a chance to watch anybody else play for the month of September except BYU. How's that going to translate tonight? Yep. Coming up, Jake Heaps, former BYU quarterback who just happens to be from Seattle. We'll get his thoughts on all the craziness. And Taysom Hill as duct tape. Uh, <laughs> it's all part of the Cougar Whip Round. It's incredible. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. After further review, reviews the North Alabama game. It was all BYU, as we all know. Watch as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon break down the film. AFR available on the BYU TV app tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. 52-point win. I imagine they will have some positive film to break down for BYU and some not-so-positive film for the Lions of North Alabama. He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Spencer, when the committee announces the standings tonight, where will BYU be in the very first college football playoff rankings? We just talked to Ralph Russo. Yes. And he gave us one end of the spectrum and said, (laughs) traditionally, a team like this ends up around 13 or 14. And it's like, whoa, they're number eight in the AP and coaches poll. Number 14? I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. And so I stand by what I said, Jason. I, I just don't see enough behind BYU to, to trump the 9-0 record. They're 9-0. No team has won or played more games. 
Sorry, no team has won more games. There have been teams that play more games. They're going to be at least number 10. Yeah, I, I think they come in at number 10. I would love for them to stay at 8 because that's where they are in the other polls, and I, and I would hope that there would not be that drastic of a change in how all of these polls come out. But, yeah, I, I, will, say, I will say BYU comes in tonight at number 10. That's my guess. On to Taysom Hill. What's funny is this whole Washington madness, the college football playoff rankings, it's been so top of mind that, oh, yeah, Taysom Hill starting for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> and played well. Yesterday, he was referenced as by Colin Cowherd, longtime sports media personality for Fox Sports, as duct tape for New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton, which he said he might be the most valuable duct tape in the NFL, but he is a temporary fix for three games until Drew Brees gets back. Is Taysom Hill more duct tape, Swiss Army knife, or is he a legit future starting quarterback? Okay, I'm going to give you an answer, but it's not the reason why. I'll explain. I'm going to say Swiss Army knife. Okay. But that doesn't mean I don't think he's a starting quarterback, and I don't think he's the future starting quarterback. I think he will always be the Swiss Army knife because of his skills. And I say skills with two Zs. Mm -hmm. Okay? Skills. The guy has skills. So I think I understand what Colin was saying. But I, I, I disagree that this is this is just kind of a, a, a patchwork type deal. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. Guess who's making the decision on the quarterback? <laughs> Sean Payton. So he is the Swiss Army knife. But I only say that because of all of what he can do. Th- this is a guy that can absolutely be a starting quarterback. Right now, all signs point to Sean Payton wanting Taysom Hill to continue yes. to prove the world wrong that he is a starting quarterback. So even after his initial performance against the Falcons, and what really became a dominating win, people are like, eh, Taysom's good, but he's still... He's Look, still, defenses will adjust. He's still... New Orleans has a great defense. But, but doesn't that doesn't mean Taysom can't still play he's well. He's gimmicky. He's a better thrower than Tebow, but it's the same thing. Sean Payton wants to prove people wrong. I think he's a future starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Utah basketball coach Larry Koskowiak tested positive for COVID, as did several players. So their game with New Orleans tomorrow night has been canceled. The Cougars host Utah at the Marriott Center on December 12th. Do you feel like the BYU-Utah hoops game is in danger? No, Utah has a game that they are preparing for on December 3rd. I don't think that the BYU-Utah game is in significant danger. However, as we learned from Matt Norlander of CBS Sports, the BYU-Utah Valley game is very much up in the air. All speculation right now. It's a report that Utah Valley is not playing Stanford, but we know that the Wolverines and Cougars are supposed to play on Saturday. That one is in significant danger. Yeah, there's no reason right now to think that a game on December 12th would be in jeopardy. We get closer and there's more issues, then that can certainly be changed. But right now, I'm I'm still expecting BYU to host Utah at the Merritt Center on December 12th. Jason, on this day in 2000, Lavelle Edwards coached his final game for BYU. 34-27 win over Utah, Lavelle's last miracle. And in 2007 on this day, Max Hall found Austin Colley on 4th and 18. An unforgettable moment for you, Jason, on the sidelines, right? It was an unforgettable moment. I shared a moment with another media member. We don't need to get into it. (laughs) Which moment was your favorite, Lavelle's last miracle or 4th and 18? Look, I was blessed that I was actually near both of these plays. I was on the goal line at Rice-Eccles Stadium when Brandon Doman reached and, and, and got the win. So I was right there. I saw it. And then I was about five to ten yards away from Austin Collie making the catch. Mm. I will say the, the biggest moment is beating Utah 
at Utah on Brandon, Brandon Doman and with everything around. That that has to be the bigger moment. Yes. Yes. Lavelle's last miracle. I, I am not one to say, hey, prayer affects outcomes in sports. <laughs> that one for me, I've never prayed harder for something positive to happen for BYU. I just thought Lavelle See, can't lose his last game this way to use. He can't do this. See, I can't I can't pray for sports. I'm so afraid I'm going to I'm going to be punished for praying for sports that I it's going to jinx the team I I'm pray, praying for. I prayed for Lavelle. I prayed for Lavelle. You know. So I I don't do that, but that's the one time good grief. Yeah, it's Lavelle's last miracle for me. Both were pretty exciting though. Sure. All right. Coming up Top 5 Tuesday, the top seasons by a BYU quarterback. Speaking of BYU quarterbacks, former QB Jake Heaps is hanging out in Washington, Washington radio personality. He's got some interesting perspective on how the Huskies view all of this finger-pointing between BYU and UW, this BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's basketball is back this week with three games, at least as of right now in four days, to open the season starting Wednesday night versus Westminster on BYU TV. We count down to tip-off live at 7.30 Eastern, the game at 8. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom from his custom-built studio in the Seattle area is former BYU and NFL quarterback Jake Heaps. Jake, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. How are things? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. We're going to need you to come spruce up our studio when you get a free minute. Is that okay? Uh, You you guys got a sweet setup right now. (laughs) Right now I'm here... In, in COVID, you know, everybody's become a, you know, master of DIY, DIY projects, you know, and, and uh, DIY projects. And, and I looked at my shed and I was doing my shows in, from my laundry room. And so I finally looked at it and said, you know what, I got to turn this thing into a studio. So uh, it was a fun little project to do while I was bored out of my mind. A very impressive stuff. Um, and obviously you have a unique perspective based on your location you're a big radio personality in the Puget, uh, Puget Sound uh, area up there. What's the take from Washington on this whole situation with BYU of who wants to smoke, who doesn't want to smoke, there's a game on, there's a game off. How have you perceived all of this? Well, my perception has been very different from everyone up here in the Northwest. I mean, I think, you know, unfortunately for BYU, this was one of those situations where, you know, you what you say and what ends up happening are two different things. And, you know, when you come out boldly and proclaim anytime, anywhere, any place, and you have somebody that calls you the next day that says, okay, we'll take you up on that offer. And you say, eh, I don't think so. You're going to get, you're going to get a razzing from everyone around the country. You know, those, those are bold statements, but the reality of the situation is not what is perception. Right. And, and I think that's the biggest thing in this is that, you know, with BYU in this situation, why would you commit to playing a team? And let's be honest, the Pac-12 as a whole is far behind every single other conference, every single other college football program in America right now that is playing college football. Um, They were late to the party. They were late to, you know, getting themselves to playing. And now they're in a situation where they're having a hard time with, with COVID and COVID protocols and getting games. So, BYU in this situation 
they didn't need this game as badly as UW. Sure, it would have been nice to, to have it on their resume, no question. But UW is the, is the team that needed this game more. They're the ones that have only played two games up to this season, whereas BYU has played nine. And for, for UW and the Pac-12 to come to BYU and put down all these stipulations and say, this is, these are the terms of agreement, you better accept it or we, we won't play you, I think to me was, was garbage from the beginning. And Tom Holmo was absolutely right in the way that he handled this. And it's not necessarily great from a PR standpoint initially, but uh, BYU did the right thing. And ultimately, I think BYU is going to get a better game out of it than, than uh, the matchup at UW. And, and I'm, hey, I wanted this matchup more than anybody between BYU and UW. would have been a great one. It would have been fun. And obviously, uh, it, it's close to my heart. You know, Jake, one of the other reasons that BYU was was so cautious about this was they didn't want to commit and then have the game pulled because Washington was going to end up playing Utah, which certainly has, has a high probability of happening with the uncertainty with ASU. What are you hearing up there in terms of the, the potential of, even if BYU had agreed to do it, the University of Washington playing Utah this weekend? Yeah, it doesn't matter when it comes to trash talk, Jason. Unfortunately, when it comes to UW, they don't want to hear any of that stuff. Don't throw logic out there. Logic <laughs> is irrelevant in this conversation. Don't. It, it, BYU is scared. They're running scared. They they don't want any part of UW. That's the that's the 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 conversation up here in the Northwest. And I have to quickly remind people that that just simply isn't the case. The, the, there are agreements in place that UW and the Pac-12 want BYU to agree to that just are ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And BYU, again, want to reiterate, again, BYU would be doing UW more of the favor than the other way around as much as they want to play it off as we're the Power 5 school, we're the team that would help you build your resume. Um, that's just not simply the case. And so to me, it, you know, BYU, I'm glad that they didn't take this, you know, just rolling over. Um, I'm glad that it, you know, there was a report that came out last night that said that, hey, BYU actually made a counter offer. And it just went to go to show kind of the hypocrisy of what was actually out there that, you know, BYU put forth a, a, an opportunity for them to come to Provo, uh, for UW to come to Provo and for them to commit to the game, which in all honesty, guys, this isn't between program and program. This is really on the fault of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is the one that muddied this up. And it's a Pac-12 rule that they have to be able to uh, leave themselves open to cancel games with non-conference opponents. Um, and, and so that is really the, the unfortunate aspect about this. And for BYU, I think they got their statement across saying, hey, we weren't afraid to play. We just weren't willing to go with these stipulations that, that were given to us. And quite honestly, the game that I'm hopeful that BYU can put together is Cincinnati next week. If BYU and Cincinnati can play next week, honestly, I think that might be the better game. And that's the bigger resume builder, obviously, with where those two teams are on the national rankings. Jake, when the when the weekend rolls around, do you think UW's taking on Utah? Do you think that's the game that actually happens? Absolutely. The, the situation that's going on at Arizona State, it's just it's too unknown. And if they guys, if they can't commit to the game now, there's very little confidence that I have that this game is going to come together. I mean, it's just common sense, right? And the, the situation that we have heard 
uh, reported from Arizona State and, and you know some of my in information or contacts that I have within that program it's just it's it's a disaster right now they're really reeling and trying to figure it out and trying to you know get a handle on things and it's been really tough for them so I anticipate that BYU or sorry UW and Utah are most likely going to be playing this weekend former BYU and NFL quarterback Jake Heaps with us on BYU Sports Nation Jake let's talk about Zach Wilson who is being projected as a first round NFL draft pick we've seen him as high as number three to the Washington football team Mel Kuyper Todd McShay have him around 13 to 16. Where do you see Zach Wilson transitioning into the NFL from a draft perspective when this season is over? Well, guys, I, I said from his freshman year, I had a chance to be around him and, and work with him a couple times, you know, from a training aspect and, and get to know him and his family and all that. And, and great kid, great people, um, his family. And it just really, really was impressed by him. The more and more I've been around the game, and the more and more that I've been through this as a player and also now as a coach and, and working with some of the best guys in the country and working with Russell Wilson and, and all those guys, to me, one of the, the, the biggest common denominators for success is your mentality, your mental makeup. And Zach Wilson has that mental makeup to thrive at a high level, you know, through adversity, through success. He's just got what it takes. And Zach, it, you know, I always knew and, and said outwardly that I thought that he was a first-round talent since his freshman year. Um, it's been great to see this come together for him. It's been great to see Kalani Sataki, you know, and this offensive staff really grow Zach Wilson and really develop his game. And that's been something that's really been a joy for me to watch over the years. It hasn't been an easy ride, guys. I mean, you know, Zach hasn't played clean football throughout his entire career, but they stuck with him. They allowed him to continue to mature and grow. And uh, you see him playing at the level that he is now. And he's got everything that it takes to play at a high level at the NFL level. So, guys, my my hope and my dream for Zach Wilson is not to go to the Washington football team, but to have him be selected by Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. I think that that would be an amazing situation and setup for him. And you, you talk, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of different people that I really trust at the NFL level in terms of coaches, evaluators, and all that with Zach Wilson, you know, right now he's in the third or fourth spot and the third or fourth spot, this is a really good quarterback class. Um, and you're going to see, you know, potentially four quarterbacks taken in the top 15 this year. And uh, I, I expect Zach Wilson to be right in the mix of that. Jake, it's great to catch up with you. You're a choice human being, a great football mind. Let's do this again soon. Hey, anytime, guys. Just let me know. I'll be here. You got it. Jake Heaps with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, a rise and shout-out that honestly couldn't be more perfect for the holiday season. And our Top 5 Tuesday, greatest individual quarterback seasons in BYU history. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. 
You can also download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let's get to Top 5 Tuesday, the greatest individual seasons by BYU quarterbacks, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jason. Number 5, Robbie Bosco in 1984, over 3,800 yards, 35 touchdowns, 33 through the air. He led the nation in completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and total offense. Third in the Heisman voting, second in the Davey O'Brien Award. Voting and he led BYU to their only national championship with a 13 0 record. Oh, national Boom. championship at five. Number Drops the four. Mic. Zach Wilson, 2020. Recency bias. Uh, have you seen what he's doing? 74% completion percentage, over 2,700 yards. He's responsible for 34 total touchdowns, only two interceptions. His pass efficiency is 205. He's on pace to break the record for highest completion percentage in a season for BYU, leading BYU to a number eight ranking and nine in order. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. Yes, he is. Number three, Steve Young in 1983, 3,900 yards passing, 33 touchdowns through the air, eight on the ground. He led the nation in completions, completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdowns, total touchdowns, total yards, and pass efficiency rating. The man did it all. First team All-American, Davey O'Brien Award winner, finished second in the Heisman voting as well. Number two, Jim McMahon, 1980, 4,500 plus yards, 47 passing touchdowns. Led the nation in completions, passing yards, total yards, passing touchdowns, total touchdowns, and pass efficiency rating. Set 71 NCAA records. All-American, whack player of the year, and of course the Miracle Bowl and the Hail Mary against SMU to cap it all off, Jason. Jim McMahon, number two. And number one, we say it with reverence, Ty Detmer in 1990. 5,188 yards, 41 touchdowns, led the nation in passing yards, Heisman Trophy winner, first team All-American. He won the Davey O'Brien and the Maxwell Trophy. Was the WAC Player of the Year, goes without saying. He broke 31 NCAA records, and they defeated number one Miami. Attaboy, Ty! Question of the day. Where do you feel BYU football will be in tonight's college football playoff rankings debut of 2020? Our elite voice today, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Eric Hall on Twitter says, higher than Utah. Very nice. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out, a combined effort presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. Yeah, this one goes out to uh, Utah Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, Andy Larson. Yesterday tweeted out that he had uh, put his change together, ended up having $165, wanted to know if anybody needed uh, the money for Thanksgiving. People on social media jumped on. They now have over $45,000. Went from $165 to $45,000. Great job, Andy. Well done, humans. Our thanks to today's guests, Ralph Russo and Jay Keeves. For Jason Shepard, I'm Spencer Lynch. A shout-out to Rusty Levey. We'll see you tonight on After Further Review, 7 Eastern.